Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a Driver Reach and Freight Waves production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach, a modern recruiting and compliance software solution. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting, retention, and compliance. I appreciate all the positive feedback on the show. Please remember to rate and review Taking the Higher Road, whatever platform you use to listen. This week, I'm honored to welcome a great friend and industry partner to the show, Anne-Marie Forbes-Lynn, Director of Business Development and Marketing at U.S. Legal Services. She's also the co-chair uh, Image, Promotion, and Identity for Act One, which is an elite group of suppliers for the trucking industry that we both have the privilege of being a part of. Uh, welcome. So glad to finally have you on the show, Anne-Marie. Thanks, Jeremy. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm honored, and I'm. Uh, it's about time, and I'm excited to get into talking about you know your background, your career path, how you got into the trucking industry. Uh, I'd like to learn more about U.S. Legal Services, how the work you're doing can help companies from a recruiting and retention standpoint. Uh, I'm hoping you can share about uh, the benefit of legal services for both drivers and fleets, but also highlight you know the additional offerings you provide uh, to the industry. And then, since we're both in Act One, um, I'll ask you to share about that special group. You know what it means to you to be a part of it, why it's a badge of, of honor, you know, for any companies that it consists of. And then plus, I want to make sure we have time to uh, answer a question from a listener during our deeper dive segment. Think we can fit that in? Let's give it a try. Well, before we before we go to town here, uh, I'm curious, as, as is the custom, I always ask somebody I'm talking to and interviewing if there are any books that they might recommend to the audience, anything in particular uh, that they've read that was impactful to them. So how about you? So I'm not the biggest reader. Um, in elementary school and high school, I had required summer reading. And most of the time it was competition based. So I would wait until like the day before class started and I would, you know, speed read them. Um, had zero reading comprehension. So um, I did read the book Delivering Happiness, which is the story of Zappos, um, which if you remember Zappos back in the day was like the Amazon, you know, could get you get anything and everything in one clearinghouse, um, but now has been acquired by Amazon. Um, but anyway, the story, I did read that book from uh, cover to cover, and it was just an amazing story of resiliency. I love how the founder of Zappos failed so many times at whatever it is he was doing, but still had the drive and the passion and the determination and just would not give up. Um, he had made tons of money, lost tons of money. And then one day, just because of company culture and what they had established within their company, everybody pulled together because they were all firing on the same pistons. Um, and they became a, a great success story that was known as Zappos. And then I recently listened to an audible book by Trey Gowdy, um, who is um, a regular commentator on uh, Fox News. But um, I always like to know like the people behind the, the person on like what makes them tick. And I, I came across this book on Audibles and it was a very lovely short. I mean, it was like an hour and a half probably, but it was like in the grand scheme of books, like good to great, you know, like this is a very short read um, or listen. And it was just an amazing simplification of how to make decisions like what is your value-based decision-making process and how do you how do you achieve such thing so it, it really boiled down some really complicated thought processes into very simple um, processes for me anyway so I very much enjoyed that well you mentioned Zappos I was actually on Zappos on the on my phone the app on my phone 
yesterday. Is it Hoku? I can't think of the name, the brand of shoes that are like really, really popular. I have these on clouds and I like those a lot, but the other ones, I can't, I think that's what they're called. It's like four letters, H-O-K-U or something like that. Anyway, uh, Hoka, Hoka, I think it's Hoka, something like that, but they're really comfortable and everybody that I know that has them, they swear by them. So Zappos stood the test of time, even though they were acquired by Amazon, I think it's a great, it's a great site. And in fact, I think that's probably the, where I've bought the last, I don't even know, 10 plus pairs of shoes. It's always from from a website. I don't have time to go to the store. And the store doesn't carry anything anymore, hardly at all. So let's start uh, with your background. Oh, by the way, the book, uh, Delivering Happiness, is that what it's called? Something like yeah. that. Yes, and then um, Trey Gowdy's book uh, is called Start, Stay, or Leave. Well, I have the the uh, Zappos book. Sadly, tragically, he he the 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 founder of Zappos. I think you might have heard this, but about a year or two ago or so, took his life. I believe. I saw um, Tony. I think is is she uh, is I think how you pronounce it. But it was sad, awful because you're like, why, you know? And uh, that's a whole nother conversation. Just I think that's what happened. And if so, just a sad sad commentary on um, on depression, on suicide, and things like that. Not that I want to take our conversation down that path but it's a thing and it's unfortunate and very very but topic for a different day (laughs) right so let's start with your background uh how i've known you for a long time how did you make your way into the trucking industry so i often ask people in the trucking industry how in the world did you get in trucking because if you aren't born into it you usually stumble upon it um it's not until recently, it hasn't been an industry that people purposefully go into. Um, so I get into the, you know, the family businesses that, you know, family trucking businesses is fantastic. You know, the, the great grandfather founded it with one truck and grew it to 10. And, you know, now, now they've got, you know, several hundred, if not thousands of trucks and drivers in their fleet. And they're on the fourth or fifth generation. But I, um, so we also have a family owned business here at U.S. Legal Services. My father founded this business. He's a lawyer and he um, was a, he worked in legal aid uh, through college and he was a a public prosecutor, I'm sorry, public defender out of college, um, getting some experience and saw this great need for people who um, needed legal services, but necessarily didn't have the resources to pay for them or who to go to um who's a good lawyer who's bad lawyer you know normal people just don't know that um and until you have a legal situation you really don't think to look for it which is too late so you know he founded u.s legal services and what has taken us from the state of florida across the country through organic growth was the advent of the cdl defender um we have a uh flagship product called the Family Defector for working people like non-transportation working people just like you and me. And then, you know, the, the CDL Defender w- became what it is by a company saying, we know what you're doing with the Family Defender. We need something for our drivers to defend themselves against um, issues that they're having on the road, um, issues with law enforcement, things that they may or may not have done. Um, but everybody deserves their day in court. It's in our constitution. It's called due process. And they said, what can you do to help our drivers? So that was the advent of um, the CDL Defender. 
And we are actually an insurance company that um, is licensed to do business in all 50 states of the uh, United States. We have attorneys in all 50 states. Um, and we pay those attorneys directly using local attorneys to represent those drivers for their moving, non-moving DOT violations. So when you ask, how did I get into trucking? I didn't need to. Uh, when I found myself like learning with my state association and neighboring states association, what is trucking about doing... Um, you know, roadside inspection, courtesy roadside inspections alongside, you know, DOT um, at the weigh stations. They had me measuring tire, tire tread depth. I didn't know it, but, um, you know, testing brake lines, making sure that the running lights are working and the horn works and the driver. I mean, I felt so bad for those drivers because they actually get put through the ringer when they're asked, um, just for basic information, they get so scared about having their medical card, having their correct placards, their load information, and just a lot of information to make sure you... And now, since then, we've added all this technology onto these, like, land crafts um, that drivers have to know about, which makes it, one, super cool, but two, like, you have to be really knowledgeable about technology. Well, that's how that's how the industry has evolved, and that's, I would imagine, that's how you've evolved, right? That's how the company's evolved. You've been there 16 or close to 16 years. Is that right? I think it's 17 going on 50. I mean, <laughs> since I owned business, you know, that doesn't mean that we're, you know, small by any means, but we did, we did start out really small. Um, you know, I would get picked up from school and we'd go to the office because my parents weren't done working and I'd do my homework from there and listen to people answer the phones, just helping people um, find attorneys for real things uh, that they needed help with. So, um, you know, filing papers in the summer is just making like three dollars an hour. <laughs> Child labor was real back right, then. Right, right. You're just actually saying how long ago that was. You just aged yourself. Our little yuck. So, how how has the company evolved from the early days of you know CDL Defender? You know what else has has changed because you've added a number of new offerings. We have. Um, so we've customized plan designs for different types of drivers. Um, we have tested the market with that, uh, like LTL or, you know, not even class A drivers, but class one through three drivers, you know, the, the Zappos delivery people, the Amazon, you know, UPS, FedEx um, delivery vehicles. Um, but really what turns out to be most predominant is the family defender and the CDL defender. Um, so, the moral of that story is that people just have legal needs to, for their personal lives and they have legal needs for their professional lives. So um, we have grown immensely to we're an employee benefit. So we fall into that category. We might start off with a decision being made in safety recruitment um, and then it feeds into HR and then we go into what is their HRIS system. So we've really had to become quite adept with um, enrollment technologies out there, such as um, Ease, Employee Navigator, ADP. Um, there's probably a gazillion that I'm not naming um, that we need to be interfaced with in some capacity to be able to electronically sh share secure files regarding driver and other employee information um, that is secure and reliable. Okay. Technology has been a huge point of growth for us. And then just, you know, growing um, in size uh, quickly uh, is always 
And then COVID, you know, COVID forces you to change with technology too. We had to up, like severely upgrade phone systems, which, you know, only makes us better now. Um, upgrade our remote, you know, systems into our computers, but making sure those are secure, you know, and a, a big, big growth in technology. Well, and to your point on COVID real quick, that's something that I think everybody was in that boat. If they were either like in the present or in the past, when it came to technology, you had to, you had to fast forward into the future to some degree. And a lot of like what we're doing today and the conversations that I have since throughout COVID and beyond, they're all video. I don't do anything on the phone. If somebody call, that's just weird to even make a phone call. <laughs> Everything is video. It's like we're in the room together, but but it's, you know, we're, could be thousands of miles apart. But I just I just like that interaction better. And the technology has has improved significantly. And it was, it, it had to. If I were more adept with technology, I'd probably have a really cool background. Like it was a thing, but here we are in my office. Well, you got my, my brick wall that is actually wallpaper of brick. <laughs> so that's well, truth be told. Looks pretty real. Right. Um, but this is all real. <laughs> So now, because uh, the audience that we're talking to is, you know, primarily recruiting and retention related, how can you share with them that, you know, CDL Defender at all of the other services that U.S. Legal uh, provides, that that helps to impact retention and as well as their recruiting efforts? Yeah, so a few things. Um, with recruitment, you know, drivers are typically paying for a legal service in some capacity or another, whether they picked it up at the truck stop or whether they're getting it through um, the company that they work for. Um, the power that a recruitment department has, a safety department has um, in offering a legal plan is that there is a partnership that is established at that point so that, you know, there's transparency of what's happening with the fleet out on the road, whether they reported or not. So we all know that they're supposed to report it in a specific time. Um, but do they really? Uh, you know, there's some that don't. I like to think that most do, but there might be some that don't. Um, so what we're doing is making that public information more transparent and uh, faster. So, you know, we have series of reporting that people, you know, in those seats are interested in. Um, not only are we, you know, we help attract younger population by offering additional benefits that the company doesn't have to pay for as well. So like, yeah. know that people have babies every day. We know that people are buying houses. We know that they have family law matters. We know they have bankruptcy matters. So, you know, those things don't go away, but how they deal with them and how their company can offer solutions to difficult, pain, you know, to pain points in people's lives makes a difference. Um, also, we're we're helping to maintain those um, those basics categories below threshold. You know, if those become problematic, we want to work with a motor care and say, "Hey, you know, this is your situation. Let's figure out a way to to bring that down." Um, we know we can do it. We we know that we can reduce safety events through transparency. Um, we also have um, always had actually um, financial services. And tax services built into our plan. So and that, that doesn't cost anything extra. So what we're doing is amplifying that message about people needing to be, you know, if there's a legal problem, there's typically a finance problem. If somebody's going through a family law matter, or even let's say they go get their estate plan done, that has a financial impact because you need to make sure your beneficiaries are in order. If you do a trust, you have to put things in the name of the trust. 
drivers don't seem to think that they need a will. And they're probably some of the more at-risk population of um, needing to know, you know, and even having that on file, maybe with the trucking company. But, um, you know, that's their voice when they don't, when they can't speak for themselves. So, um, you know, I really just feel strongly that when you bring um, best in, in class providers for financial advice, um, people who can consult, people who can educate, people who can tell you what action to take, whether it's with your employer or something that you need to find, some solution you need to find outside the scope of your employment, um, such as life insurance, you know, giving a high taking a high deductible health plan, um, getting a gap plan. How are you going to fund if something happens? Right. If the employer offers that, great. If not, let's find a solution outside of that. So, you know, teaching people how to have financial literacy is huge. They don't teach it in school anymore. And then the power of having taxes, you know, people to consult with for your taxes rather than just going to H&R Block once. No offense, H&R Block. Um, you're great. Uh, having somebody to consult with throughout the year about, like, you know, whether you're a company driver or an independent contractor, even company drivers have things. You know, I'm not a tax professional, so I can't say this, but uh, you may be able to write off or have a deduction that you're unaware of. And, you know, just having those resources in your toolbox. Well, switching gears a little bit, you you and I are both part of a, of a great industry supplier group. I mentioned earlier, Act One, Allied Committee for the Trucking Industry. Uh, I'd love to know more about your involvement with Act One. Uh, you've been a member for for years. You know, what it means to you, uh, how your expertise translates to working with ATA and TCA and other national trucking associations. So we have been members of ATA longer than any other of the associations. Um, probably ATA maybe two years longer than TCA. And then um, it came to my, I'd already heard about Act One and I was like, oh, those people are so cool. Their companies are so big. They, you know, they're, they're well known, you know, they're the best of the best. And then it came up that, you know, I could present to, for my company to be part of Act One. And I was like, really, they would, they would look at me. Um, and, you know, knowing that there's several players in this space, um, I was like, yeah, you know, we need to differentiate ourselves besides what, you know, like from a branding perspective, not just like what we know. Uh, and also like who you affiliate with, mm-hmm. share um, best practices with and who you can share, you know, customer needs even with. So I, I made my presentation and sure enough, they picked me. You know, and I think the reason why is because some of the reasons why is because of our contribution to the industry for so long. Mm-hmm. And not just financial contribution, but in our time and our talent as well. You know, being on panel discussions and showing up at events, not just, you know, not just throwing dollars behind it. And that's what I try to explain to people is that, uh, you know, being a member of Act One is not just because you can pay to be a member. Mm-hmm participate you have to be selected by a group of your peers so you know i think we're 26 members strong so 25 other company representatives have to accept you and you know being fully owned entrepreneurial company makes us a great candidate and you a great candidate for um for being a member because we don't want people who are just going to come in and and say yeah you know i want to be in this space with you guys and then, you know, not get funding for it the next year. Mm-hmm. Jump out. So, 
Um, we look for people who are going to uh, put their money where their mouth is or put their mouth where their money is rather and show up and participate to strengthen our industry through what we do best and making being those subject matter experts um, for topics and problems that tr- are facing trucking companies these days and offering robust solutions. So that's the fun part for me. And then doing the marketing and the images is um, is really fun too. Learning about what other companies do and how they mm-hmm. play each other and ed sessions and you know just being able to tell people, you know, you don't you're not in it alone. Well, it's a great group, and it and it certainly brings its privilege. I mentioned TCA earlier, and in a year or so ago, TCA's president, now former chairman, now president Jim Ward, super good guy. Love love Jim. He's such a great guy. I think a uh, a game changer for for TCA as an association, but he brought up the idea of of redefining what we call this essential truck driver role, and and instead of a truck driver, he referenced uh, suggested that we call it a, a CVO. He said a commercial vehicle operator, and I know you're passionate about this concept, right? That that commercial drivers are they're professionals that need to be better highlighted. What are your thoughts on that idea? And just you know, let your passion kind of take you away here on just thoughts on how we can better improve how the the how drivers see themselves and how the industry uh, sees them. Yeah, so our company um, was founded by my father, as I mentioned before, and he has always been extremely passionate about helping the individual um, and whatever that looks like, um, just helping people one at a time. And while, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit says, let's go out and we're going to get it. We're going to make tons of money doing it. I I still can't fight back that need to, um, it sounds totally corny, but like there is a person at the end of that that needs help from you. And um, if you can affect that person's life by helping them save their driver, their commercial driver's license or lessening their, um, their CSA scores, um, maybe the citation didn't happen the way the officer said. Let's let's just open up the hood and look and see what that looks like, um, and give them their due their their day in court. Um, I'm just really passionate about making drivers see themselves in the way that we see them. So yes, during COVID, they were essential personnel. They were, you know on a pedestal for bringing us the goods that we needed to survive, you know, which during that time was toilet paper, uh, paper towels, food, you know, just food, meat, bread, uh, milk, just the things, the daily essentials. And then after that, it's like, you know, it's COVID's over now. So what? So rather than like, you know, all these industry events are fantastic. You know, all these these initiatives, you know, trucking is America for fantastic, you know, and we support that um, financially and, you know, holistically. But how does the driver see themselves? And to me, that's how we dictate how others see us is how we expect them to be treated. So if I want you to respect me, I'm going to put off things that show you I deserve your respect. So how is that driver behaving? How is that driver using the tools that are provided by their company, by their, you know, insurance company, by, you know, whatever it is, um, how are they 
you know, there was this woman who spoke at um, SSHR that was just last week. She was a dri- a driver trainer for Prime, um, and she was homeless, and she became a truck driver, and now has four girls that she has supported herself, um, without a father, but moved into a house. But she has moved from just being a truck driver. She saw herself differently. She felt her company believed in her, and she's now training other drivers to be successful, not just driving goods from one warehouse to another or one dock to another, but I'm providing a valuable service and I'm a valuable human resource. So just passionate, making people believe in themselves so that others, you know, are made to believe in them as well. Well, since we're, since we're almost out of time, I cannot not get into the deeper dive question, especially because I think uh, topically, it's probably something you're also uh, very knowledgeable and passionate about. And so maybe in 30 seconds or less, what would you say? Here's the question. So nuclear verdicts are now my company's biggest concern. It's scary. How can we best protect ourselves from that risk? Um, What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So um, big topic conversation in the last years. We have friends who, you know, make a living off of this uh, topic. Um, and companies should be scared. I live in Florida. It's one of the most uh, litigious states in the country, uh, which was just successful with tort reform this um, session. So props to Alex Miller from FTA. Um, but the thing is, is that with nuclear verdicts, like it's not a matter of when, it's a matter, or it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And those driver files are intact from the bottom all the way up to the top. You know, what are you doing with your safety culture? Your baseline is, what are you doing with your drivers? How are your drivers behaving out of the road? Do you know um, what do the driver files look like? And you're you're providing a valuable service. Mm-hmm. Your company is to make sure that everything looks good when they're hired. But what, what happens after they get hired? Are they maintaining that level of safety that you expect? Let's just make sure. And if an event happens while they're out on the road, has it been remediated? It's empowering people in safety and recruiting and retention to say, hey, driver, we care about you and we want to make sure that your scores stay low, our scores stay low so that we can keep goods moving, keep your employed, all the things. So if all those driver files are intact and you're creating that culture of safety, the the plaintiff's attorneys are going to have way less of a story to tell to the jury than we have no idea what's going on. Yeah, less less to hold on to, less to grab onto, and less to attack, right? Uh, well, Anne Marie, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I'm grateful for our relationship, our friendship, and appreciate your passion for the industry. Likewise, thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate your time, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Taking the High Road and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. Remember, you could submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming deeper dive segments, at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road, whatever platform you use to listen. Until next time, thank you for taking the higher road.